Welcome to This is for the CV, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. This is a podcast by Anthony and Rebecca, two professors in communication and political science, chatting about politics, pop culture, and the things in between. Anthony and I sat down today to do an impromptu, unedited take on where we are in this election, what we can make of the results so far, and where we can go from here. It's been a hard week for a lot of people. Don't forget to drink water, turn off that TV from time to time. We're going to make it through. Anthony. <laughs> Hello, Rebecca. How are we doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right yeah. on a Friday. On a Friday is better than a Wednesday. It's better than a Tuesday. Yeah, I'm glad we pushed this to this mm-hmm. part of the week because there wasn't much to say earlier. And I think if we would have talked earlier, it wouldn't have been indicative of what the truth is. It would have been more reactionary. I, I completely agree. I'm glad we waited. I was even kind of hesitant now, like, should we keep waiting? But I think it's a oh, good no, time no. It, to, it, to it, jump in. We we could we can be Confucius now. Like the the, the yeah. writing is yeah. And full disclosure, since we're sleep deprived and it's been a long week, as it has been for most of America, this is a episode that won't be edited. No. <laughs> we're just gonna record stream of consciousness and put it out today. This is Friday, November sixth. At 10.46 a.m. Before we get started, I did want to play a clip from a film and philosopher Dominic Dom Toretto. Uh, Mm. Here it is. Okay, let's hear it. Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. The great philosopher Vin Diesel. Fantastic film. Just a fantastic movie. They 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 they're all good. I've seen them all, but that one that one resonates. I Is that the first one? one? That's the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I thought. that's the one. Well, I think that's a good place to start. That's good context. And it's something that I have to remind myself of because it's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster of a week for I think everyone, regardless of how you voted. I know my students are very anxious across the board. We've had some tough conversations, but we expected something different than this. Um, We expected just a clear, decisive referendum pushback on what Donald Trump has come to represent to many of us. And that obviously didn't happen. And so it's much closer than maybe, well, the polls told us it would be <laughs> much closer than that. And it's um, it's closer than I think I thought it would be on a personal level. How, how did you think it was going to go? Well, the optimistic part of me thought with all of the early voting that that would swing kind of early returns. So it's really common to have, you know, the early returns be red and then the later vote counts be blue because of the way folks tend to vote. Democrats use mail-in voting more and early voting more, and then Republicans tend to vote on election day more. So the normal part of this suggested that would happen, but in my mind, because so many people used early voting, I was curious to see if that would just make a clear, decisive win possible on election night. 
And so I, I was hopeful of that, but I'm not surprised that that wasn't the case because this has actually run much smoother than we were told to expect. You know, a few months ago, they said it could be three weeks and we're getting closer and closer to a clear answer because, I mean, this is a, an election in a country of 365 million people during a global pandemic. And so I think that context is a good reminder there are lots of unsubstantiated claims being thrown around right now, but for all intents and purposes, it's been a very smooth election process. And my appreciation is very deep for the folks that are counting ballots while people are yelling at them. Um, yeah, so, so the election, it has run smooth, and that's a good thing. More people have voted Mm -hmm. ever than have ever, ever voted before in a pandemic. Uh, and so that, that that's a win for democracy. From a numbers standpoint, I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to be straight up and down. This is what yeah. I was trying to tell your students last week when you had me visit your class. Mm -hmm. the, the, Which was really the, good, the, by the, the way. The, oh, thank you. These were the numbers that were in my head. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have record turnout. So I'm thinking there's going to be 150 million people that vote. And there might be 150 million people that vote. Yeah, that but might be. But here's how I thought it was going to go. Donald Trump got 63 and a half million votes last time. So I'm thinking some of those people died. And there's going to be some people that didn't think he could win, that were energized by him winning, who are going to come out now to protect that victory. And mm -hmm. we're going to have record turnout. So I didn't think he'd stay at 63, but I thought he'd be around 65, 66. So that meant in my mind that 85 million people were going to vote for Joe Biden. That's really mm -hmm. what I thought. And so I thought that he was going to win Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, which he has. And I also which thought he was going to win uh, Iowa and Ohio and Florida and Georgia. I didn't think Texas was in. I definitely thought he was going to win Arizona. So I thought that mm -hmm. this was going to be like 359, 179 Biden. Like we would be, it'd be mm. an early night. Like Florida goes for Biden. It's, it's a wrap. And we're just off to the races. That's what I thought. But what's mm -hmm. ended up happening, it's still pretty, it's, it's, it's a beatdown. Like electoral mm -hmm. college-wise and popular vote-wise, it's a beatdown. It's looking like 306, 232. Because mm -hmm. the only state left on the board that I think the president can win is North Carolina. That's mm -hmm. it. The yep. end. Yep. So that ain't nothing. It's not nothing. And, and I think because of the way that reporting is done on election returns, they're all cast the same. Well, unless it's early voting. But all the votes are cast in the same time window. Yes. It's just that they're reported and counted at different rates. And so because they're reporting on this like a horse race, like, oh, he's coming from behind. Now he's ahead. He pulled ahead. It, I, I don't think it does a lot for the country in terms of dispelling this idea that it's changing. It hasn't no, changed. No, it hasn't changed. Those the are, vote's the vote. <laughs> the vote is the vote. The, 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 the rate at which we are counting and reporting those votes is what's changing. And so um, I think it would almost be better just to get final counts. Sure. But I, I understand that there's a historical um, kind of precedent set to be very transparent and to report as you're going. And so I understand the reason for doing that, but I'm also seeing that it's 
that Donald Trump is doing exactly what he said he was going to do, which is he's going to say that we somehow need to call an election the night of, which has literally never been a thing in our country ever, not once. So um, one other thing is just that all states are still counting votes, every mm -hmm. single one of them. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked it today, but yesterday afternoon, California had 77% of their vote reporting. The only right. difference is that it's such a blue state that it doesn't matter. We can make a projected call there and all the networks are comfortable doing that. The reason why it seems like things are going on in the remaining states is just because it's close and they can't make those calls yet. So it's funny Texas you bring isn't up, finished. Right, we're not done. And it's funny you bring up California because yes, it's a blue state and yes, it's going to go decisively percentage-wise for Joe Biden, but in the in 16 the the share of votes like the number of voting people in California that voted for the president voted for Trump the only state that had more votes go for Trump was Florida so mm -hmm. if you just sliced off the republican part of California alone that's mm -hmm. a hell of a lot of Trump voters it like is. i know the president doesn't feel that way about California but he got a lot of support there Millions mm -hmm. and millions of people voted mm -hmm. for the president. Well, in California. because people vote, not land. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But I want to ask you, as a native Floridian, <laughs> I, I've never been. I'm probably uh, never going to go. But what well, what's up with Florida? The same thing that's always been up with Florida. The rural part, and not so different from Texas in some ways. The rural parts are very conservative and look a lot like other states in the South. The densely populated cities tend to be more liberal. But then we have this monolith that I think is such a mistake in the way that we try to categorize voting blocks as Latino vote. There's no such thing. And so people are shocked when Cubans vote conservative. You know, I'm like, well, that. They tend to by a little bit. So 52% of Cubans thus far have voted for Donald Trump. And so, so there's some of that going on, uh, but Florida is, is what it is. Uh, that being said, there's record turnout all over the place. And so I think when we start like hating on states, even though it's so easy to hate on Florida, it's easy to hate on Texas. I get it. It, it kind of diminishes the ground game in those cities that had huge turnout because people worked really hard to get people to show up. And because there's record turnout in every state, some of that's because of the candidates, but a lot of that's because people on the ground registered voters, helped people get to the polls, like did all of this work for years and years and years. So yes, Florida sucks, but also I wanna honor the hard work that people have done to try to get it to suck less. Well, okay, you say Florida sucks. But the only reason why we think it does is because polling told us That's that true. it was going in another direction. But mm -hmm. a poll ain't reality. Clearly reality not. is reality. And so the mm -hmm. poll came out and said, expect this in these states. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to think that you did your due diligence to figure out what was going on in those states. And you didn't. Because reality is reality. The polls were exceedingly wrong in that state in particular, nationally, not as much as people want to pretend, but in that state, I mean, yo, the numbers out of Miami-Dade 
were not the numbers anybody thought because Biden did right. worse than Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And doing worse than Hillary Clinton gets you beat. So nobody expected Joe Biden to do worse than Hillary Clinton anywhere. And mm-hmm. he really hasn't anywhere except right there. Except. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, spe- it speaks to a few things. I think that it speaks to mistakes the Democratic Party consistently makes. And it speaks to white voters siding with Trump, no matter what, essentially. And I don't don't think that's fair, Rebecca. We're just going to bash white folks to like, is that, is that really what it is? Only 55% of white women and 70% of white men. I'm not bashing them. So here's the thing. When we look at voter turnout blocks, the only, if, and again, it's it's oversimplified. I just said we shouldn't be looking at just a Latino vote. And then here I am saying like, let's break it down by race. So I get that it's problematic to do so. But when, when you look at black voters, they overwhelmingly went for Biden. When you look at Latino voters, if you put them all together or separate them out, they overwhelmingly went for Biden, except for Cuban Americans. If you look black, at Asian Americans. Men, men, the, the share of black men went up for Donald Trump. It did, but it was pretty negligible. I feel like the reporting on that has 17% been like, of black men ain't nothing. Fair enough. That's not nothing. It's not nothing. It went from single digits to double digits. It went from mm-hmm. like an eight-year-old to a 17-year-old. That's not nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how that happens, but mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, yes. And we're going to talk about like what the appeal of Donald Trump is specifically here in a second. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's the more important part. I don't. Think yeah, that this and I is think like... that's what I'm. I'm getting at the appeal. Clearly, there was uh, an increase of an appeal f- to black men, but the appeal s- seems to live with, regardless of education or income or where you live, to be among white folks. Um, more, a larger percentage of white women voted for Trump this time than in 2016, and that's in spite of the Biden campaign going at the expense of progressive voters hard for white suburban women. Um, the Lincoln Project essentially failed at everything they were trying to do when you look at who they were targeting and how those targeted folks voted. You What? So, why, why would you say that? When what we've seen in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, that that's that's who they're after. And, and what's about to happen in Georgia like that? Georgia going blue. I mean, now Stacey Abrams has more to do with that than the Lincoln Project, but still, like that ain't, again, those handful of votes in those states. They make a difference. Carry the presidency. Yes, I will give you that. And And I think the, maybe where I'm coming from, and maybe where a lot of us are coming from, goes back to your point that our our baseline was polling, which was wrong. And therefore we're comparing everything to our expectations based on polling and then trying to assess results based on polling, which was clearly wrong. And so that's probably not a good baseline to start out with when we're trying to make sense of why, especially the why behind when people vote for a particular candidate. So do you wanna talk about the appeal of Donald Trump? I do. Okay, I do. lay it on me. Well, I think I think uh, I think Donald Trump's been able to 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 create a coalition 
and uh, so okay, okay okay this is this is what i feel so like out of the whole electorate i feel like 30 percent of folks is gonna vote democratic no matter who they run and i think 30 percent of the electorate is gonna vote republican no matter who they run so i'm talking about the other 40 percent here now not those folks it doesn't matter who anybody runs they're 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 rocking with that party no matter what i'm talking about the rest of us right so out of that rest of us, well, you know, it comes down to the, the variable that I've been thinking about most when it comes to Donald Trump is greed. Greedy. Hmm. And it uh, greed for what? Greed for power, greed for winning, greed for money, wh whatever it is. But there's a there's a, a component there that. And greed and selfishness, you can call, but, but like I have some words written down in my notes. I have greed, selfishness, individualism, liberty, and independence. I can make the case that all five of those words are interdependent and interconnected because mm -hmm. they speak to a, to a similar ethos. And when you live in a society like ours, the, if you call it individualism, liberty, and independence, it sounds better than greed and selfishness, but you need to be greedy and selfish to be an individualistic type of person. So Interesting. Donald Trump, it's it's easy to be like, yo, you know, that's just over there with the there ain't seventy million racists in the country. Like th this is this is this is the part. This is the part. Yes, but Joe Biden got more votes than anybody in American history for president. So did Donald right. Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump gonna get more votes than Obama got. Mm -hmm. I can't call seventy million people racist. That's not even a thing. Heck no. There ain't 70 million races in this country. There ain't 70 million Christians in this country. There, you know what I'm saying? There ain't. So there's got to be some other Venn diagram mm -hmm. to, 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 to account for that. And so Donald Trump is, Donald Trump is a version of the American dream. Mm. I'm rich. I, I, I'm free. I'm a celebrity. I do what I want. I say what I want. I take no prisoners. I win at all costs. That's an American story. Interesting. I don't disagree. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree. Well, among students, when we were talking this week, that you were comfortable about this in class. Oh, of course we did. We had campaigns and elections the day after the oh election, and nothing called. They were all uh, anxiety balls. So we had to talk about it, and we did. We went to all the places, and it was. It's basically all I had left to give. So oh I am gosh. not coherent right now and I have not slept. So if I make no sense, hey, or even less sense than usual, there's my excuse. Um, but most of them said economy. Uh, of the people who felt comfortable speaking and sharing, which admittedly was a little bit challenging for some of them when people were saying, I just can't believe people are racist or don't care about racism. It was it that kind of created a tough environment to speak up, but I think we kind of navigated the conversation in a way that created a space for people to to share without feeling like they had to take that label on. And they said, I don't think he's a good person. I don't like the things he says and does, but I think he's good for the economy and I want a good job. And that was the consistent message across. And this is anecdotal, of course. Sure. But my class is split pretty close 50-50 in terms of more Republicans than not. But when we did a mock uh, vote, pretty close to 50-50 Biden winning by like a vote. So um, 
I, I take your point. And when you're focused on individualism and you're focused on sort of self-preservation, I think you do that even if there is racism, even if sure. there are other things, because empathy is not a part of it. Right. So I understand the folks saying, wow, this many people didn't, didn't care about racism. No, um, that's not, that's and not I, fair. And I understand mm. that pushback and saying, that's not what people were focusing on. Mm -hmm. And one thing I, I said to my students that I, that I use for myself, because I've got a, a large family that voted in, all, in both directions, is my reasons for voting for a candidate and against another are not that person's reasons. So the reasons why I didn't vote for Donald Trump are not the same reasons that my family members who did. They didn't accept those things as truth and say, but I don't care about those things. I support him because of those terrible things that you think he's done. And so realizing that I think is important as we try to navigate the whys in terms of this voter response. I mean, let's be for real, right? Like, yeah. not that we haven't been. We're being for real. We're being as yeah. real as we can be. Like, yeah. the way I go about picking a candidate, I look at who they are as a person first. Can you handle this level of power? Are you intellectually curious to run something as complicated as the United States of America? Once I've deemed that, now mm -hmm. we can talk about your policy. Are you, a are you a decent human? Okay, if I can check that box, now we can get to policy. Now let's be very clear, right? Like I am a black, heterosexual, Christian, upper middle class male in America. A Trump presidency does not harm me one iota. Not, 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 a, it, it, it doesn't even affect, like my life is, it doesn't matter who president is. Matter of fact, my prospects for increasing my wealth are higher with him in office, mm -hmm. but he's not a good human being. Mm -hmm. So it's not in my self-interest to vote for him, to, to not vote, but it's in, we're talking about humans here. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what happens when you put an amoral person in an office like that, and they say, guess what, CDC, you don't get to do your job because it, con it, 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 it contradicts what I need. And what mm -hmm. I need is more important than what the country needs. See, once we start putting those people in place, all types of madness starts happening because they're not concerned with the country. And so that's why you start with the human and then we get to policy. Yeah. Right? But it's like, mm -hmm. yo, well, what's better for me and mine in my pocket right now? Mm -hmm. Right now. I'm going with that right now. Uh, okay. And I think where we start in terms of how we assess a candidate is exactly the difference. So those that started out with, I'm looking at the human first and then the party and the policies, more often than not, I would guess, voted for Biden. The folks that have been open and honest about why they voted for Trump typically say, yeah, he's not the best in these areas, but policy. And so it's coming at it from different perspectives there. Every endorsement, that might be the big difference. Every endorsement you see from anybody who's famous or that matters or, or, or is in the endorsement game and they endorse the president, they start by saying, now, I don't like all the things that he says. I don't like right. all the things that he does. But yeah, and then they start they talking qualify. about policy. Mm -hmm. It's like you're a horrible dude, but you give me what I want. And of the Republicans or former officials that came out and endorsed Biden, they said, now I don't support everything 
he wants to implement. I don't support all of his policies, but he's the right man for the job. He's a good person. So it was just a complete opposite in framing. And clearly the different messages appeal to different people in that area. I I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the, the, the the future president, you know, 46, right? Like Mm -hmm. Joe Biden is going to be president. He's going to be president. It's still president. I feel like Michael Scott, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. No, but at this point in time, there's no rap. other path forward. It's a it wrap. is. He's it's 11.08 a.m. It's happening. He's going to win Arizona. He's going yeah. to win Nevada. He's going to win Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I'm highly confident he's going to win Georgia, which is amazing. But still, like mm-hmm. that, that that's where we are right now in the race at 11.09 Central on November 6th. And he's going to win probably a 5%, a five-point win in the popular vote. Popular vote. Mm-hmm. Right. So but but I I think, you know, I've been watching plenty of coverage. I've been watching plenty of people talk about this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of revisionist history about Joe Biden right now. Yep. Joe Biden was nobody's champion. Nobody no the, the the base of the Democratic Party wanted nothing to do with Joe Biden. And the country I, I just don't believe COVID or no. I thought I thought we were running against COVID and like who's best equipped to get us out of COVID. And yeah, I thought COVID would supersede the selfishness part because it's in your best interest to get rid of COVID. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's in our best interest to get rid of COVID. One person wants to fire Dr. Fauci. The other person wants to listen to him. So we're going to, but it's like, no, I'm voting against the lockdown. I, don't, I want my business back. Right. I, I'm voting against what Biden might do to lock us down. But mm-hmm. but the if you look at like these Senate races and the House race, it's like, yo, plenty of people mm-hmm. voted for their senator conservative, but not Correct. the president. Yep. Which tells yep. you and tells everybody, yo, the base of the Democratic Party is not the base of America. Like that ain't mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, even in a pandemic, they probably get boat raced because nobody thought he could get 70 million votes. 70 million, like that is amazing to me. Amazing to me. 70 million votes, Rebecca? Come on. Yeah, I, in terms of the Democratic Party and its appeal, they've clearly lost a couple of things. Though I think the most important one is the messaging and the, the ability to claim that they're good on the economy. Like, because every time, People talk about why they voted for Republican. They say because of the economy and they connect jobs and low unemployment and prosperity to Republicans against evidence. But they do that and Democrats have not come out effectively and reframe that in a way that has been bought. And I think that might be sort of the number one message failure, regardless of how progressive or how moderate the party is or whoever's trying to lead the party at the time, we legitimately think, oh, I want to vote for a good economy. Therefore, I will vote for a Republican. And if I had to point to one major failure of the party, I think that's that's it. Because when people are hurting and things are uncertain, for many people in this country, that still meant voting for Donald Trump, that they thought that he would do a better job of bringing the economy back, even though it tanked on his watch. It tanked on his watch because of the pandemic. 
It didn't right. tank on his watch because of policy. Policy economy was zooming. Zooming. Mm-hmm. No problem. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And and that, that messaging worked for a lot of people. And yeah, that was bought. Um, I also think that I, I, I wish that some more rank choice voting was implemented. There were some ballot initiatives. I think that would do some good things for shifts in parties and, you know, at least on a state level, allowing third parties to be a little bit more prominent and not be viewed as taking votes away from others. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there is what's interesting about the two parties is that there are more people that I that say at least and I don't know, is public opinion research a lie? Who knows? Um, but so with a grain of salt, <laughs> the research says there are more people that identify as Democrats than Republicans, but there are more people that sit, identify with being conservative than liberal. And so what's interesting about that is Republicans unashamedly say conservative values, and they talk about the word conservative. It's not a dirty word. And Democrats stay away from the words liberal and progressive in many cases because it's seen as like a dirty word. So that's that's also something. And so that means that they are trying to play more to the middle for so long, while Republicans can can play more to the the right leaning areas. And then it becomes a game of Republicans having clear, bold messaging, even if it's abrasive to parts of the country and Democrats having light versions of that. And that's not a very compelling case. Even if the data says, careful, don't be too progressive or liberal, you'll alienate voters. But that means that what they've done to try to address those concerns is be like, we kind of want reform. We want a little bit of this. We want a little bit of that. And that's not very compelling for people. That doesn't make people excited. And it it also makes it hard to identify with the party, I think. The, in my lifetime, the probably, well, I mean, I say my life, in my voting lifetime, let's put it that way. In my, well, not even in my voting, in my, in my political consciousness lifetime, because Bill Clinton mm-hmm. was before my voting lifetime. But mm-hmm. the, the best. And you've been paying attention. Yeah. Right, right. So the, the candidates that captured America in my lifetime were Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't even count Reagan because it, I was like eight years old, right? Like the whole 81 to 88, like I was like one to eight years old. So so in my lifetime, George W. Bush did not captivate the, the nation, right? Like, mm-hmm. so from a democratic standpoint, those two individuals are some of the best politicians who ever walked the bubble. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at their policies, the base of the Democratic Party would call them Republicans. And so it's like, you you got to govern. You got to, like, there's not... Yes, there are advantages to being conservative in a country and with human beings that are not apt to change. Change right. is scary for everybody. Yeah. So all I got to do is say, them people over there want to change something in your life. You're afraid of that, right? Well, fear motivates. If you want to keep right. everything cool, then just keep keep chilling with us. Now, what's cool for everybody 
it ain't working anymore for everybody. Never right. has. Mm-hmm. But at least we could sell you the idea that one day it would work for you. Those trickle down economics. Yeah, we tell everybody. Keep on waiting. We tell everybody, oh, hey, you know, you're American, you're exceptional. Right off the bat, like you're exceptional mm-hmm. because you're American. That is a lie. You're not exceptional because you're American. If you're exceptional, like we talked about in your class last week, America is great for you. Mm-hmm. But that's a very small swath of the population. Yeah. If you have a, a, a superpower that's valuable in your place and time, then the world is your oyster. And it doesn't really matter what color you are. It doesn't really matter where you came from. If you have acceptable skills. I heard a great interview with Stacey Abrams last week, and she was t- who we love. And she was you talking. You know I love her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and she was talking about her time in the state legislature in Georgia. And they were talking about education. And they were talking mm-hmm. about funding of education and somebody in her district who represented a very rich neighborhood and a very poor neighborhood in Georgia was saying, Stacy, why do you care about, you know, funding these schools to a higher rate when you came from, you know, poverty and you turned out just fine? And she said, Mm. very frankly, everybody does not have the parents that I had. My parents figured out how to put us on the brokest street in the best neighborhood for the best school possible. And they did that without GPS. And so it's like, but, but everybody doesn't have the advantage of having my parents. And I feel the same. Everybody does not have the advantage of having my parents. I had great parents. And that sets me apart from, right. I have have great parents, great upbringing. And I have a superpower, and that superpower is taking complex ideas and be able to explain it to a 13-year-old. That is a, 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 a valuable skill <laughs> yep. in 2020. Yes. But that ain't everybody. Uh-huh. And I can recognize that if you disenfranchise enough people, it makes it bad for everybody. And mm-hmm. as we move the ball forward and forward and forward and make it harder to get to the middle, you know, more people are going to suffer. Yep. But if I'm only in, invested in myself and say, okay, if, 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 if I'm doing well, by extension, the country's doing well, well, that, I mean, that lends itself to all types of madness. So you've talked about individualism and self-interest kind of guiding voting choices, and, and you decided not to vote that way, to vote for other folks that didn't have the same opportunities. So what things are in your mind when you went into that voting box and as a conservative man voted for Joe Biden? Like who was in your head in terms of like, I'm voting for these, these folks' interests? Yeah, so I'm voting for folks that came from the places where I came from that might not have had my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm voting for folks that only had one shot and maybe that one shot ended when they were 17. Maybe it ended when they were Mm -hmm. 16. And I want more people to have more of a shot. I I want my children to have a shot because just because they had me and their mother as parents, like that's not a guarantee, right? I want my students to feel like they live in a country that is not beyond redemption, okay? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a moral failing, okay? I, yes, I'm a conservative man. I lean conservative. I don't even know what conservatism is right now. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the type of conservative that I vote for, like because I'm 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 not. 
I'm not at the edge of mm-hmm. conservative thought. And I don't think people on the edge of conservative thought would even consider somebody like me a conservative. They'd be like, you are a masquerading rhino and I can tell <laughs> because you have an advanced degree and you teach at a higher education institution and you've been right. corroded by those liberals over there and now you're this, this, and that. But, you know, that ain't that ain't the case. Mm-hmm. That ain't the case. I, I, I look at things, I'm like, okay, from a New Testament ethos, and I'm not looking for people, I'm not looking for, okay, somebody who, who, who could be a minister in one of the churches I attend to be president. That ain't the game. I'm just saying, okay, as a politician, who are you as a human being? And how can you relate? Because the, the job of a president is to unify. Who can do it better? Who can step into a church and, and, and pray for people who have been killed? Who can step into a room and say, hey, I know you got screwed right here. I'm going to try to fix it. Who can speak to a racist and be like, yo, that's not the way, that's not how we do things in America. Instead of stand back and stand by. Like that, that type of stuff, like I ain't got time for that. And I don't care what it does for me economically. I have no time for that. And in a pandemic, I have no time for, oh, hey, I know that you've been doing epidemiology longer than Anthony Lestrap has been old. I'm 39. Hmm. Dr. Fauci has been doing this type of work for 40 years. You don't know what you're talking about. Says who? Says who? This goes back to that intellectual curiosity part. The president doesn't read. He's abashedly said, I don't read. I trust my gut. Well, what informs your gut if you don't read and if you don't listen to experts? Oh, my carnal base instincts. Okay, so what works for you in the moment? Oh, great. Yeah, we can't have people running government that come from that frame. We can't have that in peaceful times, let alone mm-hmm. pandemic, stressful, world about to end times. Right. So that's what I'm thinking when I'm like, okay, well, who, who's going to, you know, what, what did we see on Wednesday night? Joe Biden's like, hey, let's count every vote. Right. Let the American people be heard. I'm not here to claim victory. I'm not here to claim nothing. I just want the votes to be counted. Y'all be cool. I'm going to talk to y'all later. Donald mm-hmm. Trump get up Keep and say, I, we, right. we, frankly, we won tonight. Like, what? Yeah, he, he claimed they won, and I've gotten about 37 emails, if I had to guess. Oh, you're still signed up for those? Unfortunately, that say they're stealing this from us. Just straight up say the Democrats, the left, the radical leftists are stealing your election. Don't let them. See, that's amazing. That's amazing to me. We, 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 now we, ain't even count, we don't even want to count the votes. We don't even mm-hmm. want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... That ain't about the country. That's not about his base. That's not about nobody. That's about me keeping my power, my authority, my reign. And really for him, I think it's about like being able to say I won because losing isn't really an option for him. Mm -hmm. That's how he lives his life. Like any shorts, any losses, any, and, and when you start thinking about like why, what, what, what appeals to certain swaths of the population. I heard this dude from the new, from the from the LA Times and he was talking about like the gangsterism of Donald Trump. That 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 ethos of even if I'm wrong, I'm right. He said, he said, in my neighborhood, where I came from in the barrios of East LA, that message wins 9 to 1. Because that's what we understand. And I get that. I I, I get the gangsterism of that. But we can't run a country on gangster Gangsters can't run the country. That's not what we're supposed to be doing here. I understand it. Trust me, I do. But that's not how we run a country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it's appealing. It's charismatic. It's not leadership. It's not governing. I'm thinking about my reasons. And I mean, they're, they're basically the same, but I mean, obviously I'm more liberal. So, you know, the, whoever the conservative was is, is usually going to be on the other end or too far away from me to vote for them. But I'd like to think that if there was a Donald Trump on the left that I wouldn't choose them to, but I haven't been presented with that. So I, it's not really fair for me to say that. But I think AOC said it best, we vote for Biden so that democracy can live to see another day. And that's kind of what was in my mind is nobody's perfect, no candidate's perfect, but here's a man that is not going to try to cheat and win at all costs and he'll try to work with people and democracy will live to see another day. Um, because it's unlikely, I mean, the House, the Democrats lost seats in the House. Yes. Which, wow. Yes. Um, maybe there's still a shot that both Georgia races will go to a runoff. One definitely is, the other looks likely. So it's possible that they get like a single vote lead in the Senate, but that's not what was projected. That's not what polling right. suggested. Right. And so it's, there's a very plausible chance that you know, Biden is our president, but that he has a divided Congress. And so it's going to be hard to get anything done. And so what that means to me is that one, he will have, he's not going to be able to like implement major sweeping reforms. Nope. But even knowing that, I know that the powers of the president in terms of foreign affairs, mm -hmm. we need to repair our relationships with our allies. Mm -hmm. And that is going to take time. And we need someone who is equipped to do that and equipped to apologize and equipped to admit wrong when it was done. Mm -hmm. And I think he's the person that will do exactly that. And also in terms of immigration, I want the folks that are dying in Mexico in tents right now in the winter in, of COVID and in detention centers, mm -hmm. I, I want that to be addressed. And a president can do that through executive order. So when we're thinking about sort of immediate things that can be done, no matter how divided our nation is, mm -hmm. those are some of the first things that come to mind. And, and those were the, the things that I was thinking about going into voting. Yeah. 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 Um, I know you had some other things to, to talk about, so I don't want to skip over them, but what, what is, what are your hot takes in terms of the claims of massive voter fraud? Um, Cause I don't think that's good for the country. It's that's hard to see play out. And this is what I was mostly most concerned about. Well, I think I think every state runs their election differently. We vote mm -hmm. on different kinds of machines. Secretaries of state have different rules. There's yes. different laws around mail-in ballots. There's different laws around counting, what gets counted first, what has to wait. These are all state-by-state -state, uh, questions, and we're seeing that play out. But the bottom line of it is we count all the votes. We and do. there's not a single official that I've seen in a single state that is not in favor of counting every vote right. that's been legitimately cast, received on time within the rule of mm -hmm. law. And so when I see people outside of polling places protesting, talking about 
what's going on inside of there. Oh, you know what's going on inside of there. They got websites where you can watch what's going on inside yeah. of there. I can give you a hint. They're counting the votes. And I think it's important to note that as different as the state count laws are, they're all observed. Right. There are officials from both parties watching mm -hmm. and independent folks watching and state officials watching, right? So we've got layers of oversight happening. In Georgia, the Secretary of State said, you know, these are all the things we have in place. And regardless of the outcome, we're going to do the first audit of paper ballots because we just want everyone to have faith in the process and know that this was a credible outcome so mm -hmm. that we can, we're just going to audit it just to make sure that, you know, everything's right on the second go around. And so the fact that I don't blame people, honestly, for buying that there's fraud because the president of the United States has told them that there is right. now there's been no evidence. There's not, you know, but when the president of the United States uses his platform and his office to tell you something, we can't really blame people for believing it. That's true. And, yes. And, and so it's a lot of my students are so worried about it. And that's what kind of, I don't know what the word is. I feel grieved about is that our, our democratic process, like our voting process that actually works well, of course there are issues. Absolutely. If you're within the margin of recount, you request that recount. That's right. your right. right. You think something's going on and you have some evidence, you file that in the state court. That is your right. But our courts decide those, what happens. Our independent courts and our independent secretary of state administers those things. Those are the people who implement the checks on our process, not the candidates. The candidates are always going to want what's in favor of them. And so we, I, we should not be looking to candidates to get our news about what's going on in this election. I don't blame people for doing that. I'm not really all that surprised that he's gone this far, but it is still jarring to hear the blatant lies. And to suggest that counting a sequence mm -hmm. means that those votes are coming in today. Right. Right. It, no, it's just that there's record turnout and it takes a while. And in some places, they're literally counting votes that happened the day of the election, like in-person votes. Exactly. In some places, they're counting mail-in ballots. In Pennsylvania, they're like, oh, we got like 30,000 mail-in ballots or so. But that's not what they're counting right now. And so, but to suggest that everywhere we had the results the night of the election of those who voted in person. Well, that's not the case. And then these surprise votes came in the mail. That's nah, not the case. Nah. Those were legally timely cast ballots. If they're not, they are thrown out. Right. If they're not filled out correctly, they are thrown out. And so there's just absolutely no foundation for it. Um, in court yesterday, one of the lawyers for the campaign for Donald Trump said to the judge when he said, do you have officials in the election count room because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was the whole problem and he said we have a non-zero number uh, that's like a new alternative fact thing we have a non-zero number and the judge i assume because of what he said next was pissed and said as a member of this bar do you have officials in there and the lawyer said yes and he said well then what's the there's no problem what's here. your it's problem baseless. Right. you're saying you don't have officials i asked you if you did and you said yes you said yes the only thing that they, you know, pushed back on was they were made to stand six feet away because we're in a pandemic. Right. 
And so they said, okay, you can get closer. So now these poor people who are counting votes literally have <sighs> people standing over them, breathing on them while they try to do this vote, vote count. I'm like, going to make a, I'm going to make a, a crude analogy, but one I feel is apt. <laughs> okay, go for it. So if, if you decide, you know what? The economics of my circumstances ain't working for me legally, and I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to be a criminal, and I'm going to sell drugs for a living. There's some rules that go along with that, and the rules go like this. On a long enough timeline, you got to get yourself ready mentally for two things, to either die or go to jail. Those are the stakes. That is the price you pay for making that fast, easy money. And there ain't nobody in the game for real that doesn't understand those stakes. If you are a politician, if you are going to be in the business of politics and run for an office as high as the presidency, you have to respect the counting of the votes. Because if we don't, it all falls down. People want to act like Hillary Clinton was the most dangerous thing ever in America. She lost three states by 77,000 votes. She took one night, eight hours, and got on stage and gave the speech of her life in concession. Yep. It was the most amazing thing I've seen. Yep. Because she and understands she, the stakes. She did that for us. She did, she that, did that for that the country. For the who didn't vote for her. Mm hmm. Because that's what we needed as divided as we were. And and that's, I think, what I am most concerned about is how people are having their faith eroded in our systems and being sold this bill of goods to not believe in our institutions. I feel you. I feel you. Where and so, you yeah, you're right. It was, it was predictable because people predicted it. People were like, yeah, he's going to do this. Mm -hmm. This is what he's going to do. Like, I heard that a week and a half ago. Oh, yeah, he's not going to concede. He's going to say that it was fraud. And he sure enough did in the White House. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, to, to people's credit, nobody was on board with that message outside right. of his circle. No mm -hmm. news outlet, no elected person in office, mm -hmm. no serious person. No, you're not seeing Fox News say, oh, yeah, that's this is credible. You're not seeing senators. Really, only the people, the only people who have given it a little bit of backing are what Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, a little bit of Mitch McConnell, which those last two I don't get because they were reelected in this election. So if there's massive voter fraud, then that doesn't work well for <laughs> right. them. Right? Like, like, what about your seem, ballot? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that doesn't seem to be in your self-interest to make that argument. And But they were like hinting. They weren't coming out and strongly. But the vast majority of people, we see Chris Christie, Mark Rubio right. say, count all the votes. There's absolutely no evidence of this. So I, I, I do think I should give credit where it's due and say there are a lot of Republicans standing up and saying there's no evidence of this. This is dangerous. President uh, Candidates don't get to determine the outcome of elections. And I, I think that that gives me some hope that we have, we have lines and we have you know, things and institutions that we can collectively agree on regardless of if that means we lose that day.
because we all lose sometimes and we right. have to be able to accept that. Right. On election night, you know, you're seeing it play out and you're like, man, this can't be. But mm -hmm. I didn't start feeling decent and I wasn't able to go to sleep until I saw Fox News call Arizona. Call Arizona. And mm -hmm. when that happened, I was like, oh, well, there's not a dot on Nate Silver's map that the president can win the presidency without Arizona. I've been looking at that map for three months. Right. Oh, you didn't win Arizona. <laughs> and immediately I thought of John McCain. And I was like, you see, you did have some consequences because you've been dogging that man while he was alive. You dogged him when he died. You dogged him after he died. And the people of Arizona, they ain't like, like that so much. Mm -hmm. And you needed them on mm -hmm. Tuesday night. And you ain't get them. Yeah. We had record uh, Mexican-American turnout in Arizona. And, and I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of folks that maybe changed their vote from 2016 was because of John McCain. Yeah, that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. Because that was hopeful. Attacking the military mm. ain't part of the Republican Party, I know. Right. That ain't that ain't Not nothing speaking about speaking out when <laughs> people put bounties on American soldiers. I mean, yes. What I think will be interesting to see is, as you and I know, absentee ballots from military, there's some different rules around when those ballots can arrive. Most, I think about 26 states give extensions for when those ballots can arrive since they're overseas, if they're actively serving overseas and their families that could be overseas with them. Um, so traditionally, those votes tend to favor Republican candidates. And I'd be interested to see how that plays out in this election where such horrible things have been said about our military, our service members. And, um, and I, I don't, I don't know how that shakes out and I don't know that it will be enough to sway one way or the other, but I, I do want to pay attention to that vote as it, as it gets certified. Yeah. And we won't know the final, mm -mm. final counts until December sometime. And when we do have right. all the numbers in, it'll be cool to look at them and see what really went down. Cause right now it's still in the abstract. We're guessing we're looking at exit polls, which are trash. Like we don't, we, we can't know for sure. Um, it's in the moment. And I think that's such a great point that uh, networks don't call elections, right. <laughs> right? Like these are projections and no one is truly president until the electoral college right. casts their vote right. in December. Right. So we always have a decision in December. It's just that sometimes it's clearer ahead of time and a candidate concedes because they do what's best for the country. But other than that, this the process isn't atypical. No. And anybody who thinks, oh, well, the president's just going to not leave and he's just going to be mad. And no, no. At 1201 on January 20th, he ain't the president no more. And he will be treated as such. You're just a mm -hmm. civilian now with a secret with a secret service detail. But you mm -hmm. got to exit the premises. Period. Point blank. Like, that's what it is. And the fact that it looks like Georgia will be in play for two special elections in January means that I think Democrats and Republicans alike in the Senate are going to be operating under that understanding. And so I'd like to think that regardless, every Republican senator would be like, nope, goodbye. That's not how this works. Mm -hmm. um, but even in that, I think that's going to encourage a more vocal pushback 
from Republicans in the Senate because they need those seats in, in Georgia and s- saying, oh, yeah, Donald Trump's right about, you know, fraudulent elections. I don't think that's in their best interest to, to be competitive in that state anymore. Right. Now, I have no idea uh, about anything in terms of Alaskan politics, but the Democratic mm-hmm. candidate for Senate in Alaska is not conceding because they're saying the only votes that are in right now are in-person ballots and 60% of the vote is all mail-in. And he's right. like, I'm about to win this. And I'm like, you you are? But he feels like, yo, so if the Democrats were able to get that seat in Alaska, it makes Georgia even more tantalizing yes. because I don't, I, I believe John Ossoff's going to win that race against Purdue. I don't mm-hmm. know about Warnock and Loeffler, mm-hmm. but yeah, Loeffler's a terrible really. candidate that is tied directly to Donald Trump. She's a terrible candidate uh, uh, from the words that come out of her mouth, a terrible human. So I don't know what, what's going to happen, but she shares QAnon. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, like unabashedly, I'm like, Kelly, <laughs> what you doing, girl? But we're verging now. So, so, so now we're talking about projections. So I guess right, 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 we right, want to yeah. end on. We want to end on where do we go from? Where here? do we go from here? What do you think? Well, I think that it it sounds a little, I don't know, cliche, but we're clearly divided as a country, and I think any discussions of unity need to not be at the expense of people that feel wronged by Donald Trump, but also not be at the expense of people who maybe voted for him. Um, I'm not interested in unity conversations for unity's sake, (laughs) where it's like, hey, shut up and be kind. But like, I don't care if you don't have a job or you're getting shot by the police or like all your concerns and all the reasons you voted, just be quiet about that so we can have unity. That's not unity, that's oppression. And so what I think is needed is I look internally. I think we all need to get more involved in the political process and doing that work on the ground level in terms of local politics and just like giving back to our community, being more involved and connected with each other and at a state level. Because if we're talking about healing and getting past this, it has nothing to do with who the president is. That's a reflection of us. That is not who we are necessarily, but it it can reflect issues. And so Donald Trump's presidency and the fact that it was close again this time, suggests some real hurt that needs to be fixed in this country. But I don't think we do that just by voting. I think we voted, we showed up, we did our job. But what happens next is I think we need to be way more engaged and not just think about politics every four years. Yeah, I think, uh, I think in terms of a bright side for a Trump presidency, it made more people pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, more people were paying attention because things were happening that were outrageous. And so you felt like you had to pay attention. Even people who don't teach this stuff for a living like us or aren't politically motivated or engaged to that level. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, my mom is watching more news than ever, right? Right. But in terms of where we go from here, I'm already starting to hear that you know, Republicans, because they did well, they think that they're set up for greatness going forward. And that's Mm. a mistake. 
I think that's a that's a, a massive mistake. It's the same mistake that the Democrats made with Barack Obama. They did not recognize that Barack Obama point. was a once in a generation type dude. Donald mm-hmm. Trump is a once in a generation type dude in terms of enthusiasm. He, he, you ain't going to make no he he's the most exciting conservative candidate since Ronald Reagan. That's not happening again. And more to the point, him out of office the the, the 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 Republicans that are in office now, this is what they have to do now. This is the line they have to walk. They have to pretend like they wasn't carrying that Trump water while Trump's still alive. So you run away from him, but he still got his 100 million followers. On Twitter. And so it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to still rock with him, which is toxic? Are you going to disavow him, which is equally toxic? Because he will get on stage and crush you. He will put his arm around your opponent and talk trash. He's going to be exceedingly influential until he dies. Now, he's going to be in court, and he's going to be in court for real, like, for his livelihood. I think that's obvious. The Southern and Eastern Districts of New York has business with the Trump Foundation and family and the Donald. But in terms of his political influence, oh, that ain't going nowhere. Because the base of his party, out of that 70 million, there's 50 million folks that love the president. I mean, love him for whatever reason. And that block of people, they will go vote and do what he say. And you want that. So it's like, yo, in a way that presidents, once they're not president anymore, they kind of just fade. Donald Trump ain't going to fade. He's not going to walk off into that good night and let the next folks run it. He's Hmm. like, no, I'm the party. And you're going to come through me and kiss the ring if you want my people. Because that's who he is. Yep. One other positive note is I hope this solidifies that every vote matters. Yeah. So many people don't turn out to vote because they don't feel like it matters. And that was a completely valid feeling. The Electoral College feeds into that feeling for many people who live in a state that is blue or red all the time. Texas was in play, right? Texas was called competitive. More people showed up to vote than ever before in Texas. And that's true across all states. The fact that they're still counting votes and something hasn't been officially called shows every vote truly matters. And so I'd like to see the positive of that in terms of it really does matter that you show up and you actually do have a say in your democracy even if in past uh, generations it didn't feel like that. And so I hope that that enthusiasm and that belief, despite the, the rhetoric that's trying to undermine our process, I hope that that's actually what lives on past this period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, right, whose quote turn is it? Is I, it mine? I was about to throw it to you. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I've got one here. Oh, here. I'll go with the James Baldwin quote. Okay. We can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. James Baldwin. Maybe not the most positive note to end on. (laughs) No, I'm with it. This has been This is for the CV. Thanks for listening, Mom. This is for the CV is a Larson and Lestrat production. Editing done by Rebecca Larson. Music performed by Issa Black. Thanks, man.